Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me a podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could drive with me all the way to the poppies which is an hour from my house and leave me there and i'll find my own ride home and get to your house and say baby i still love you the poppies were nice the ride home was bad my guest today (laughs) you know her from bajillion dollar properties um, she was on the comedy get down. She's got a new show coming out called Space Force. It's Tawny Newsom. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. I love the show. <laughs> I just it's one of my faves. I have oh, to tell myself you. that I don't know you when I see you <laughs> in person because sometimes I'll have listened to too much of you. And then I'll be like, hey, girl. And I'm like, you better calm down. This is a stranger. (laughs) I think we're a little bit more than strangers. We had a whole conversation on um, a hair person that we both mutually know. And you were concerned about her being able to do natural hair. Yeah, that's true. I have reached out to you for things like that in the past. So, yeah, yeah. We're profesh acquaintances. Yes. (laughs) It would be nice if we were friends. But honestly, Corona's really put a hold on new friendships. 
That's why secretly I'm like, I love doing podcasts right now because it gives me the facsimile of friendship. Uh huh. You know, it's like a it's like, hey, we're hanging out. Sure, this is content, but (laughs) it's also a social activity. I think it was John Gabers who said, I don't like talking to my friends unless it's being recorded and I can monetize it. I might be making that up. It might be a different person. Mm, I don't know. He'll tell me otherwise. (laughs) Can I just, okay. (laughs) One thing I have been enjoying about Zooming and Corona, I mean, I don't enjoy Corona because it's killing people and it's bad, but I get to see inside people's homes and you are sitting on a Mm. luscious, sensual, (gasps) supple, green couch. This is stunning. Thank you so much. It is a sleeper sofa, so Ooh. come on over and spend the night. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. Where is it from? Um, it's it's one of those where I either went to Joybird or Apartment 2B, whichever one was cheaper because they kind of have the same shit. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so it's one of those where I just kept going back and forth because I feel like they copy each other or something. I don't get their whole furniture business model, mm-hmm. but I was looking for a sleeper sofa. I wanted this color and I wanted like a velvet And so I found it at one of them and ordered it. I like it. It's very cute. You also got art on the walls. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm here for it. Is that a mermaid? I do. I have two black lady mermaids. I love um, that. Supporting each other. One's in a head wrap. One's not. And it's called I Got You Girl. Um, And then I have art by my friend and um, bandmate, John Langford, that's a that's a cowboy couple. And then I've got a spontaneation mm-hmm. poster for, you know, podcast friendship memories. Oh boy. I like that so much. I have Yeah, what's yours? So one is a picture from my Instagram that my friend Marcy Giroux was like, I really like this picture of you. So she blew it up and had it framed. It's me in front of a giant donut. And then the other one is just a I think a bridge in New York. Oh my God, it's beautiful. That is like art poppy. But yeah, I love seeing inside people's homes. It's been very enlightening lately. Truly. Um, How have you been spending your quarantine? Which I feel like is such a stupid question, but I'm curious. It's not stupid. Everybody's different. Um, I'm very lucky. I live in a place where I have a lot of space. Um, so I've been very cognizant of the fact that a lot of people don't have this space. And I'm an outside person. I like being outside. I like camping and hiking and running around mountains and shit. So I've been really trying to take advantage of being outdoors a lot. Um, I do this thing where I follow the shade around my home because <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of live on a big hill and where the sun like hits the house. Sometimes there's shade on like my little deck and sometimes there's not shade on the little deck. So you got to go to the dirt patch on the other (laughs) side and lay out your little yoga mat. So, yeah, I kind of like follow the shade around my home and it feels like I'm taking a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. A trip from the little porch to the dirt patch. It sounds luxurious. (laughs) It's it's true glamour. It's full glamour. I absolutely love it. I I told you before we started that I was late because I was feeding my plants. Um, So I went to Home Depot yesterday. What an excursion. People don't understand how to wear masks. Oof. It was so insane. Wild. Like everyone had a mask like protecting their chin. And I was like, Corona is not going to get you via your chin. You got to put that mask over your nose and your mouth. Right. 
Maybe they think it's like hormonal acne. Like they think it's going to hit them on the, <laughs> on the chin. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. But I was zooming around, dodging people left and right. Uh, I scooped up a t- an heirloom tomato plant, a cucumber plant, a lime plant. Um, and then I got la- lilacs. And then lilies, because my mother's name was Lily. Ooh. And I was like, I'm going to grow my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love all the food you got, all the vegetables. Like, you're basically doomsday prepping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to become a little fucking farmer. Hell so, yeah. like, if shit really hits the fan, I got a couple. I mean, Granted, they're in small pots, so they're not going to, like, grow voluminously. But I was like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a couple days where you can't get to the supermarket, you know, I'll have some some plants to eat. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about it. Here's the thing. If if the food goes away and everybody starves, you will starve one day later than everybody else. And I call that a win. <laughs> so Everyone's dead and I'm like, I have one heirloom <laughs> left. <laughs> I fed them warm water today. Because I was like, okay, so they like the sun. So maybe cold water is shocking and I don't want to shock them. So I gave them warm water and I said, mommy loves you. And then I started laughing because I was like, am I crazy? Have I, is is this it? (laughs) Have I lost my mind? No, everybody says you're supposed to talk to plants. I believe that. Okay. This is good. I'm doing good then. Yeah. Tawny, I believe you are married. Yes. I believe that too. Yeah, it's true. And it is real. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been married? Um, it was six years in September. So now we've gone a little more than that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what is it, April? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it'll be seven years this September. Woo. That's exciting. How did you guys meet? Um, we met in a band. Um, it, it, I mean, it sounds cooler than it was. <laughs> I mean, it's not that it wasn't cool. You know, that the sweet part of the story that I tell people is that my friend um, Bethany Thomas is an incredible musician in Chicago who I've been singing with since uh, it feels like our entire lives. Um, it's probably been almost like 15, 16 years. Um, but she was singing backup in like a bar band, like Chicago's very like, there's just so many bands that will just like play tons of covers and like get a gig at an Irish bar and whatever. Um, but this, this band, they were called the dirty rooks. They played a lot of originals and she was singing, but, and they were kind of doing like a big, like rolling stones kind of sound. So they would bring in like horns and backing singers for their bigger shows. And she and I met doing a, uh, uh, a musical, and because we were we were theater theater babies and so we were singing in that way and i think we both which felt musical like, please oh we were doing the life are you familiar oh yes um it, it came out in it was on broadway in 2000 like eight ish it might have been a revival because i know that lilius white was in the original cast and i'm not sure I'm not I, I think it was like earlier because it's very like 70s, like it's mm. very like sex workers and they're pimps. But like everyone's trying to get a better life. So <laughs> mm. I think I'm thinking of In the Life, which is a newer musical that was insane, but I can't remember it. 
Yeah, this is different. So this is a musical about sex work? Yeah, it's literally like um, hookers trying to like, literally like leave the life or stay in it, but make it better for themselves. It's literally just called the life and it's about, yeah, sex workers. Um, It's not great, but it was like (laughs) a fun way to meet people and and yeah so she just sent me an email one day this is all to say the story about bethany introducing me to my husband is basically her being like hey uh i sing in this bar band and there's not really any money but there's always free beer and the guys are very nice and cute and i was just like sold so (laughs) i started uh (laughs) singing with them and it was really fun. I was like, it was my first time in like a proper band and it was so like low stakes, but like they were good. They, they still play together sometimes too. So everybody was like good and everyone was really nice. And most of the dudes were all like coupled up or married. So it was very like safe. And then um, my husband, Nate was the drummer and we started, you know, we became friends and then we started dating and I don't know, it all just felt very like we like grew together cause we met when we were pretty young. And so we sort of like have changed a lot, but We've changed together, which has been nice. So, yeah. I love that. That's so cute (laughs) to like be in a musical about sex work and then find a new friend and then find a husband. Honestly, that's a musical right there. Yeah. I Yeah. Somebody should write it. I I think I'm too (laughs) tired, but somebody should. I think I'm too tired. It's so funny. (laughs) I oftentimes will sit down to write something and be like, oh, but I'm too tired. So I fully feel you on that. Yeah. Tired is a valid emotion we don't honor enough. I agree. My therapist is like, all of your emotions are valid. Sadness is valid. Being tired is valid. Uh, The way you deal with them is how you manage these emotions. She's great. I really like her. Um. What was I going to ask? Oh, so you were friends before you started dating. At what point? I'm so curious about this. People who are (laughs) friends before they start dating. At Mm -hmm. what point did it turn? Was it both of you at once? Or did one person say, I want to go from tee-hee-hee friendship to going, "Mm, mm, mm." (laughs) we fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I try to remember this because I, I feel like it turned because he bought me a Christmas present and like I've never been like a buy my friends a bunch of gifts type of a person. But I think I knew that we were going to exchange gifts because I think he said like, hey, let's go out to lunch and I can give you your Christmas gift. And I think I went like, oh, I better get a Christmas gift. Um, So I got him like a book about business because (laughs) in addition to being a drummer he worked in advertising and had a very like square business job so i me never having worked in an office and always just like working in bars and being a weird um like theater kid i was like i know i'll buy him a book about like productivity (sighs) at work (laughs) um so i brought him this fucking lame fucking (laughs) ted talk of a book and then he bought me um a puffy white puma vest (laughs) oh but it was like this was like 2010 and like that wasn't the look anywhere no no not at all not at all (laughs) wait was it like a skiing vest unclear unclear (laughs) honestly like it was chicago so you're like yeah layers are important but like 
we were city kids in Chicago. I wasn't like in, there was no athleisure going on. It was like you were in like a wool pea coat or you were in like something that looked like city and sharp. At least I was. Mm -hmm. So to get like a something that I would probably wear now, like hiking somewhere cold. But like back then I was just like, I wasn't as outdoorsy. I lived in this like concrete jungle. It was white. I was like, what am I? Am I mace? What am I? (laughs) What am I going to do with this fucking vest? (laughs) I haven't thought about mace in so long. (laughs) Isn't it fun sometimes to think about mace? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the trajectory of mace. Who thought this rapper would drop out of the scene, become religious and then have a comeback and then go, right? you know what? Never mind. I don't want this. But wait, and is his, is his comeback shit like religious? Like, does he rap about the Lord? I'm not sure. I know he had one song come out for his comeback or maybe two, but I can't remember if they were religious or not. That It is a wild story. I used to think of Mace as the world's most celebrated slow rapper. Like, <laughs> it was like we celebrated him for just really taking his time. <laughs> he did really take his time. Mace walked so Blueface could run. Yeah. That Bust Down Thotiana song is so slow. Bust down, Thotiana. <laughs> Bust down. It does sound like it's like being played back at the wrong speed or something, but I'm kind of yes. into it. I mean, it's a good song. I like it. I wonder if he'll come out with another one. Blueface, let me know. Um, Get so at he, us. So he saw this white puffy vest and was like, I love this girl. I guess so. Yeah. And then we exchanged it. And I think I was kind of like, okay, cool. And then I think because I obviously didn't love it or maybe because then later I would never really like wear it. I think his feelings were a little hurt. But mm-hmm. I think that is that seems to be the inciting incident that led us to have more like deeper conversations about our friendship and about uh, about it, I guess. But then I think we weren't that was Christmas and then we weren't really dating until February because I remember my birthday's in February and I remember being like. I have a boyfriend for my birthday dinner. Like, <laughs> felt very <laughs> meaningful for some reason. I mean, that's a statement I would love to say. I'm going to bring my boyfriend to my birthday dinner. I have a boyfriend. Yeah. I also contemplate never telling anyone about my boyfriend when I finally get one. Just like having this secret boyfriend and not telling anybody. <sighs> I would love that. There's this fun meme that was going around that was just like, I don't tell anyone about my boyfriend. Uh, when I walk down the aisle, it's going to be a guessing game of who's going to walk down the aisle with me. And I was like, I like that. Yes. What? You better sell it, though, and make it some sort of a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I should monetize my whole step to getting a relationship and being in a relationship. Maybe after I get a boyfriend and we get married. I'll do like the Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey newlyweds uh, TV show. Yeah. And I'll try to mm-hmm. see if I out dumb Jessica Simpson. Uh, well, hey, you got to try something different than what they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they didn't last. It didn't work out. So you had a boyfriend for your birthday, which is honestly the most exciting sentence, I think. Um, <laughs> do you remember your like... The first time you officially were like, ooh, yes, we are a couple. Was it 
a conversation? That's another thing I'm curious about. Like, do people have conversations or it just happened? I guess I don't remember. Is that weird? It was only I mean, that was like 10 years ago because we were dating for three years and then we got married. So it was almost a full decade ago. And I have no memory of that. It just feels like we were friends and then we talked about it and then we were dating. And then, yeah, I, I, I honestly, like we don't have a lot of stories about us and stuff because I mean, I consider myself very lucky, but things have been very e- not easy. Marriage isn't like easy, easy, but like things have made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things have progressed positively. We both, you know, he'd been in a lot of uh, therapy and I like started therapy after kind of like getting with him. And I feel like it gave us communication tools that like, I don't know, we just work shit out. We don't really have a lot of fights. So I don't know. Sometimes people ask me about my relationship and I feel very unromantic because I'm just like, it's great. It's fine. It's nice to have an, a nice, normal person. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have like I feel like I should have more passion or I should talk about sparks and things. And instead, I'm just so grateful to have just a sweet, smart, nice man to well, like me. <laughs> I feel like relationships that work either are like it was full of passion and we're still passionate Or it's like, we just really make sense and we work and we love being near each other and it's easy. And I feel like the ones that don't last are like, we were so passionate and then we lost the passion. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely changed. Like we, we both grew up in a cool way. We both changed how everything about ourselves, we kind of changed, which was nice because we kind of could watch each other and we could change so that we could go grow closer together. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I just I feel I feel very lucky. He's so thoughtful and he's just like, oh. yeah, he's he's a good man. Oh, I love that. He's not in comedy, which is nice for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that I can what a come home and dream. not think about. <laughs> Ooh, uh. I don't think I have the personality to do it. I don't think I could date somebody else who was also trying to make everybody laugh. I'm like, I'm so annoying. If I had another of me, (laughs) good Lord. Yeah. I think the perfect person for me would be a person who is comedy adjacent. Like maybe he's taken two improv classes and said, you know what? Making things up on stage is fundamentally not for me. Uh, But like, I I have a good sense of humor. So like we could tee hee hee. But then when I need to turn off, he's already turned off. So, you know, like, yeah, because like uh, I feel like after shows back when you were allowed to do them and Mm -hmm. you would speak to people after them, sometimes people would be like, oh, you're different than you are on stage. And I was like, well, yeah, because I'm not performing. I'm just saying hello to you. I'm trying to be a person. That is so why that is one of my hugest pet peeves with people because like do you ever look at like a a a, D, a district attorney or a fucking prosecutor giving their <laughs> closing remarks and then when they come out of the courtroom and they go get a sandwich are you like wow you're different than you were in the courtroom it's like yeah it's a tw- I'm in a Starbucks right now what are you talking about I I feel like they want us to be constantly the same weird little puppet people. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm 12 different people every day. Yes. Makes me crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I would love to walk into a Subway sandwich shop and see a prosecutor be like, I object to mayonnaise. I think that would be very (laughs) funny. (laughs) That actually would be cool. Just like a prosecutor who can't turn it off. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> uh oh, do we just write a sketch? We should put it in our SNL packet. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Wait, a packet, that's where you get the job, but you're not on the TV, right? No, a packet. Do you not know what a packet is? No, I'm just joking. Oh, I didn't get the joke. Well, oh, stupid. it was a dumb joke. I gotta leave. It was a dumb joke. Here. I don't know what jokes are. No, no I, I Nicole, gotta go walk Nicole, into traffic. Not because hope, of me. I hope an imaginary car hits me because there's no traffic. Uh, <laughs> okay, we have to take a break. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. oh boy i really tickle myself all day long it's really fun um i love it so tawny um do you have you had like lots of boyfriends are you a like a serial monogamist or i mean can you call yourself a serial monogamist if there's only been like four I don't, I don't think know. that's very serial. Four is, I think, a serial monogamous because if you kill four people, you're a serial killer. Okay. This is a good rubric. Okay. But if you kill two people, you're just like, you were just like in a love triangle or something probably. Yeah. You're just a, in a murderous love triangle. Okay. And then I guess if you murder three people, yeah, three, two people's a love triangle, three people's a, a quad Try a no, not a quad triangle <laughs> or a hat trick. Oh, no, I think it's a triangle, a girl. Square. It would definitely just I think that's be a triangle. A, four people is definitely a square. I just tried to say a quad triangle. You know, I gotta leave my home. Um, we gotta get the world up and running. Oh. I gotta get to an Applebee's. I gotta learn more about shapes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need a haircut. <laughs> oh my god these people are so insane i need a haircut i want to sit down in a restaurant it really makes no sense it's like you think a waffle house running at 25 percent of its business is actually making money Thank no it's you. so the government doesn't have to subsidize their income and pay unemployment anymore and then when your business fails they could go well that was your business it failed it's not our fault it's so wild that anybody thinks that opening up the economy at half speed is good for the economy it's wild to me too also like just learn to do your damn hair i mean if i'm basically doing like yes. non-invasive surgery on my own head every three weeks that i learned from teenagers <laughs> on youtube y'all can figure out how to cut your very straight very short hair thank you <laughs> i mean natural hair is truly a fucking journey that i still have not figured out how long have you been natural uh my uh, since 2013, I know because I got married still wearing weave, like long, straight, just the straightest weave. 
And it's my one, like, not regret, but I just like, I would love if my wedding pictures looked like how I feel like I am instead of like still wearing a weave. But I, I transitioned right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still have your wedding dress? Uh, yes, it's in a little, a tiny little mausoleum that they pack it into to preserve it. It is so fucking creepy. Like you send it to a place to like, we'll, we'll package it so that it can store so that like moths don't get it or something. I don't know. My mom Mm -hmm. was just like very insistent. She's like, you got to store it properly. I was like, okay, what are they going to do? Like put it in a mattress bag or something. They put it in this, like, it looks like a tiny little box, but like there's a window on the front and the front of the dress is like standing up. So you're just looking at like a, a ghost, it, like you're looking at the, the bodice and chest of like a ghost person. It is mm-hmm. terrifying. I hate it. I gave it to my mom. I was like, put this in your attic. I don't want this around. You should get the dress back and do a photo shoot with your husband with your natural hair. I can't fit in that thing, girl. Um, Tape it to your body. Just uh, okay. tape it to the front of your body. <laughs> And be like, this is who I am now. <laughs> this is who I am. I gained weight and I and I chopped off that straight hair. <laughs> uh, it's so oh funny like, to that like going natural is such a big thing in our community. Like my sister uh grew her hair out, I would say maybe 15 years ago. It was like she was Mm. a pioneer for me. She was like, I just the chemicals burn my head. I feel like my hair is thinning. I want to see what my hair looks like, you know, unprocessed. So she grew it out. And then I was like, oh, my God, your hair is stunning. This is not fair. I'm so devastated. It's I'm jealous. Oh, my God. And then my grandparents were like, well, you got to do something with it because it doesn't look professional. And I was like, and that's when it hit me. I was like, wait, our hair that grows out of our head is unprofessional. That is so fucking nuts. That's wild. It, it blew my mind. Did you ever get pushback like that? A little, you know, I was lucky to transition in Chicago. Frankly, I feel Mm. like, um, you know, there's just more black people in Chicago running around in positions Mm -hmm. of leadership, frankly, than here in LA. So you know, and it's a segregated city for sure, but it it definitely felt easier mm-hmm. there. Um, I, I saw way more straight weave and relaxed hair when I moved to L.A. And I was like, oh, OK, it's not mm-hmm. the style here as much as it was at home. Um, but I did feel like I took a penalty for like uh, commercial auditions and stuff because this was before they wanted everybody to be like light skinned, curly headed, eating yogurt mm-hmm. type bitches. Um <laughs> Now that's all is on, that's on commercials. And I'm like, get it, girl, get your get your money. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, but I would audition for a lot of super corporate kind of, you know, like career builder and like other types of auditions, because that was the bread and butter of like on camera industry in Chicago. And when I because what I first did was I took out the weave and I just started keratin straightening my own hair. Mm-hmm. And then slowly I would like wear it kind of curly some days and kind of not. And I'll never forget, I went into this casting office that I went into all the time that everyone in Chicago hated because the people who run it are so fucking mean to you. And I went in there and one of the casting associates grabbed me by the wrist like he thought he was being fun because I wore my hair curly because it was like 
an audition where like, I don't know, it was like one of those funky ones where they were like, the guys should look like they're in a band. And I was like, OK, I guess I'll wear curly <laughs> hair. <laughs> so <laughs> he grabs me by the wrist and is like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this hair and pulled me into one of the uh, like camera rooms and insisted on like just taking pictures with him like next to me like I was a prop. And he was like, OK, now like put your hands in my hair, like made us do a photo shoot. After I had just been like rejected from a fucking granola bar company or whatever, I was like, this is an absolute misery. Oh, no, that is truly a nightmare. I. Yeah. Was he of the white persuasion? Um, yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. White people really love digging, digging hands and hair. And they they really like, I guess I don't want to say they like those people, but. I get our hair is just so fundamentally different that I guess it truly is mystifying to them. Yeah, there's a lot of mystery in the world. And um, I guess when like it's attached to a person, maybe <laughs> just like maybe they could just like not talk about it as much and not make us feel like zoo animals. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> It'd be so fucking wonderful. I didn't really transition. I had a mohawk. And the middle was relaxed and then I had like weave in it and then I just cut it all off and bleached it once I had new growth. And I wish someone had told me that I looked crazy because I had bleach blonde hair. I wore blue contact lenses and I just let it grow out at times. It looked really wild, but, you know, I got there. I bet it was cute. I look back at pictures and I I truly say I didn't have one friend at the time. (laughs) Oh, we all have those pictures where I'm like, did anyone think to tell me? I used to do an outfit that I just called pastels where I would just put like if it was a pastel color, I would wear them all together. But it meant Mm -hmm. I was wearing like 10 colors at once. Nobody said one word to me. I don't know. I think I kind of like that. It was a little rough. My shoes were pink and plastic. I wore a uh, V-neck canary yellow sweater with a baby blue button down underneath like I worked at a bank run by children. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to uh, Sense and Things. We give you sense and things. (laughs) Honestly, did we write another sketch? (laughs) (laughs) We better put it in the packet so we're so we're not on camera. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, you really sold me on that outfit, like plastic shoes, canary Oof. yellow, baby blue. I'm here for it. Oof. For some reason, I thought trying to dress like preppy, but just doing a lot of colors was going to be how I got my personality across. <laughs> and it was, it never worked. <laughs> I went through a, a vest phase where I had a vest in every color and every style. I had formal vests that I would wear with jeans. I had sweater vests that I would wear with dresses and skirts. I was trying to convey that like, I'm here for something. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm meant to be here right now. Mm -hmm. Me and my vest are meant to be. Okay. I had a little baby goth phase. Did you ever go through like a goth or like an emo phase? Um, a little, So I went through so many hair phases. So this hair phase, I had dyed my hair with Kool-Aid and then my hair broke off because Kool-Aid is 
under a microscope, very sharp granulated edges that like will cut your hair if you like leave it in there. So holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So my hair fell right out and then it like broke off and then I cut it into a Missy, like a Missy Elliott pixie cut uh, via Mm -hmm. uh, circa. I can't stand the rain phase and uh, get your freak on phase. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as it grew out, I was like, ooh, I want a um, Victoria Beckham bob where it's long in the front, short in the back. And that's mm-hmm. when I had my little emo phase. I would like spike the back sometimes. Sure, sure, oh, sure. Oh boy. You did a John and Kate plus eight? Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. It was a real Kate. I kind of had one of those too um, before Weave. So I, I was all relaxers from like the age of like nine till probably 17 or 18. And then I cut it all off and did like a pixie cut. But occasionally Ooh. it would get a little it would get a little John and Kate plus eight because I thought I was being edgy uh-huh. by spiking it. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was some kind of look. That one wasn't as bad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you and I can both rock a, a, a short pixie. Yeah. Just done the right way. Yeah. I um I like vividly remember my first relaxer. It was I went to this salon with like I think it was in Asbury Park or Long Branch. Uh, in New Jersey, which is like a, a black area. I grew up around a lot of white people, so we would have to go to like the black areas of town to do, you know, black things. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in this, it wasn't even like a salon chair. I believe she had me in a folding chair and she put it in my head and I was like, I'm going to have straight hair soon. <laughs> I can't wait for straight hair. It's burning and I'm going to die. Uh, yeah. And I was like, please take it out. And she was like, it's not done. And I was like, please. And my scalp is so sensitive that it just scabbed over. So like, yeah. I truly can't have a relaxer. It's not good for me. I, I'd argue it's bad for all of us. Just some of us. <laughs> I mean, truly, like it is so painful and bad for you and it just mm-hmm. it, it kills your hair it's literally like i will make your hair yes. dead so that it will lay down and then we were like this is beauty um <laughs> my mom did my first one um my mom is a white woman um and she oh. but she grew up in the black part of portland and she worked in black salons and she went to cosmetology school and she was like a real stylist so then when she had a black child like uh, you know i'm I'm one of those mixed people that has a white parent who always knew how to do my hair. Like to this day, she was like, I was training for this truly, for years, truly. And like to this day, she'll <laughs> still I'll go to her house and she'll put in like crochet, crochet hair for me and stuff. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's I fucking love that. It's it's amazing. It's so great. And she's always like, I'm out of practice. I don't know the new techniques. And I'm like, you can braid tight. This is all that matters. Like you can do more than a lot of people can. Um but yeah, she and then it's funny because I think because I'm mixed, a lot of people assume that my hair is going to be loose, which it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, as my grandma used to say, my hair is all the way back home. So <laughs> <laughs> so I think because I was like a kid also going to school around a lot of white people and my mom like worked crazy, crazy hours all the time. I think for both of us, we were like, we should just straighten this because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to sit here with you combing through it all the time. And she was like, I ain't got time for that. So we started relaxing it and she would just buy that little box of dark and lovely just or whatever. For me? Oh, dark and lovely. Yes. We did a lot of dark and lovelies. What were the other ones? There was just for me, uh, which had a little girl on it 
who I think she had like a bump curl and a bump at the ends. And I was like, oh, I just want to look just like her. In hindsight, want a good look. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> soft sheen. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of boxed ones. My mom had mm-hmm. like very strong opinions about which ones were not good and which ones were. But she wouldn't leave it on that long because I think she was like, this is very bad for your head and your hair and you're a tiny child. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't leave it on long, which meant I still had to like press the shit out of it if I wanted it to be mm-hmm. straight, straight. And then at some point, my dad started taking me to a, a, a black people salon. And that's when the lie came out. Did you ever get lie mm-hmm. relaxers? Um, I don't know the difference between lie and no lie. Literally like lie is the shit that like Malcolm X used to put in his hair. And no lie was just they reformulated the relaxers so that they didn't have to put that insane chemical in it. But you could still go oh. to a salon and be like, my hair is too tough for no lie relaxers. So give me the hard shit. Oh, my God. They would put that trash in your hair and it it's so much worse for you. That's like mm, Coke's not doing it anymore. Give me the crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is very <laughs> like, oh, it was like a drug addiction. Wanting straight hair yeah, all the time. You'd see see that new growth and be like, my hair won't lay flat. Mm, I need, I need more. Oh, but my yeah. hair only, only laid flat on the way home from the salon. Yep. I got all the way back here too. And my hair just, it just never really cooperated. And then I started wearing um, wigs and my signature wig is a big curly one mm-hmm. because I don't, I was like living in New York at the time and I was walking through Harlem And I saw all these women with like big, beautiful froze and like big curly hair. And I asked one lady, I was like, your hair is stunning. How did you get it to grow like that? She was like, baby, it's a wig. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So then I bought my wig and that was that was that. And then then I was doing like long, straight wigs. Mm -hmm. And now I only really wear like a kinky, relaxed texture if it's straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like curly ones, just because I don't know. I just I want to stick closer to to my roots. Yeah. Well, I I love the way you play with wigs. I'm always like looking at your Instagram and just being like, okay, okay, I see what she's done there. It, it's made me more curious <laughs> about them because I used to feel like, well, I had a stylist for a while back in Chicago who was like she used to put weave and like a little bit of extensions in my hair and stuff. And she'd be like, mm-hmm. Why are you covering up all this hair with more hair that's just different? And I was like, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So then I started feeling some like natural hair shame about being Uh like, I am blessed with a lot of hair. I should just wear it. But I don't think it matters. I will say this. When you do have a wig or a weave, it is just easier to throw your hair underneath and go. Yes. Or if you have like extensions it's like, okay, I can like deep condition my hair. I can oil it. I can, you know, spritz it with water and it won't get frizzy and it'll be healthy and I'll grow. And uh, the wig or the weave, who fucking cares about that? Yeah, that's a good point. That's why I've been loving braids and twists. I feel like five mm-hmm. or six years ago, I started doing like a solid half the year in some kind of a braid or a twist. And honestly, I would do it all the time, but it doesn't book like the, the auditions. They don't like mm-hmm. it. They, they say they like it. They go, wow, isn't this fun? But then you don't book the role. Yes, I did have one audition where I went. This was last year. I had braids literally past my butt for about a month because I kept closing it in car doors. And then when it started growing out, it was too heavy. <laughs> 
Um, the the Rapunzel story we all want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Once my hair was so long, I closed it in a car door, didn't realize it till I was on the 101. And I was like, what is this bug in my wind? And I was like, oh no, that's my hair. That's my braid. It was uh, very fun. But um, I like went to the audition, did the audition, was like, I think I was good, but like, don't don't think they liked me, which happens all the time. And then I got a call that they were like, oh, they want you to go back for a test. And I was like, oh, I get to test. Ooh. And then I went back and I had taken it out for another job. And when I got to the audition, they were like, no braids. And I was like, what? What? Was I called back to test because you liked the braids? That like, is, this is rare. Never happened. Um but I was like, I have a braided wig that I can wear if you guys like the braids. And they're like, no, no, no. But where do they go? And then I uh, had to explain to them <laughs> that oh. I took them out. That like my hair didn't grow in braids. Uh, oh, God. But braids are definitely like my summer style. And I think I figured out like my summer style for forever now. Yeah. So right now the sides of my head are shaved and then the middle is braided so when it's down, it looks like, oh, she just has like thin braids, I guess. Yeah. But then when it's up, it's like, ooh, baby, feel the breeze. Ooh, a little rock and roll. Yes. Yes. I feel I like that look. edgy. I think you seem punk and rock and roll and very metal. Thank you. That's all I've ever <laughs> wanted to be metal. Yes. So metal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where in Chicago did you live? Oh, I lived all over. I went to DePaul. So I started living in Lincoln Park. Um, and that's where mm-hmm. I learned to drink too much. Um, and then <laughs> and then I moved to like all over the north side, like um, Ravenswood. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I like was out of college and stuff, like the west side was kind of my jam. The near west side. Sorry to real Chicagoans who are going to be like, that's not the west side. But I was in like a Ukrainian village. And then I moved down to Fulton Market. And I stayed in Fulton Market mm-hmm. until it turned into the terrifying expanse that is now the West Loop. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. My family lives in Chicago. That's why I asked. I think I've said it on the podcast. My sister lives on like my whole family lives on the South Side. So I mm-hmm. only know the South Side. Mm-hmm. And when I I had never been anywhere but the South Side and downtown mm-hmm. in the I would say at the time, 27 years that I'd like been going there to see my family. And then when I started doing comedy, I was doing stand-up and my friend Matea was like, come do a show at the Laugh Factory, which I think is on the north side. And I got there and I was like, there's so many white people. What is this? <laughs> yeah. I, what, no, maybe it was in Wrigleyville. I don't remember. But I was so confused. I was like, they all live here too? Yeah. <laughs> and I like said it to my grandparents and they're like, oh no, we got a dumb one. <laughs> but it's true. The city's so segregated. You can go a, a while. It's so wild. I I knew um, when I was in college and I got on the red line going the wrong direction, you know, within three stops because the color of people changes and you're like, oh, oh, I'm going north. I should be going south. It's very mm-hmm. strange. Um, yeah, it's so weird. I the, the more I got to know the south side, I was like, oh, I fucked up. I should have been living down here all the time. Um, my really close close friend Lil is a born and raised South Sider. She still lives like on the South Loop, but she um so she would like take like her parents still lived down there and like she would like introduce me to restaurants and shit that I didn't know existed. But the more my life got entrenched on like the kind of west and north side, it be- it seemed like insane to move because I was like, I'll never see my friends mm-hmm. in Ravenswood if I go down to Hyde Park. 
which is so wild because now here we all live like 40 miles from each other and (laughs) I guess still never see each other. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when Sashir moved here, she was like, uh, I can't remember what neighborhood she was thinking about, but I was like, don't you dare move there. I will never see you. Right. Never, ever, ever, ever. Don't move to this, uh, to the West side. You can't do that. Yeah. And thank God she didn't. I know. Thank God for all of us that she didn't. Yes. Because it would have been a thing I'd bitch and moan about. <laughs> do you have, do you have any single friends that have been talking about like zoom dating? I do. Um, Yeah, I've got one friend that has been on several Zoom dates. um, And I think they are about to meet the other person in person, which seems wild to me because I'm like, then do you have to quarantine with them? How does this fucking work? So I need it. I actually need to get an update on that person soon because I have been hounding them. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard people will like, the first step is like messaging and then they FaceTime and then they do like a social distancing date where either two people sit in a car and I guess scream at each other Ugh. or you go on like a social distancing walk. So, okay, wait, let me picture the car thing. Uh, what I'm picturing is like in a movie where two cops need to meet in a parking lot and so they pull their cars up to the driver's side windows so that they Mm -hmm. can talk. Is that what we're talking about? I think so. I mean, I was thinking side by side, but then I was like, so then you'd have to scream over the passenger seat. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I guess you would like pull up so your two driver's side windows are together. But then are you too close? Because then you're not. So then (laughs) what are you trying to measure six feet between your. This is wild. I guess. I guess if I were to do this, I would bring a measuring tape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the idea truly makes me um, not nervous, but upset. It's a little nerve wracking. Have you have you done any dating during this time? No, I I can't because um, I just I, I I guess as a comic like. Feeling people's energy in person is such a thing that I'm into. Like, I know within five minutes if this is going to be a good show, a mediocre show, or a horrifically bad show where I'm going to bomb. Yeah. And I mentally prepare for either of those three things to happen. So when you talk to somebody over the phone or via FaceTime, it's hard to gauge how how it's going to go. Yeah. So when I meet someone in person, I usually... Like arrive at the destination 10 to 15 minutes late because I'm late to everything. And then I like hug them and then you kind of get a vibe from the hug. Yeah. And that kind of for me is an indication that like this is going to go so badly or like this might go well or like, oh, my God, this person's incredible. And usually from that first hug, I'm correct. Oh, so I just I don't know how to to gauge people's energies. And also I feed off of people's energies. Yes. And I like doing the podcast this way has been a little hard, but luckily I'm interviewing comedians and funny people and people who know how to talk. So it's not hard, hard. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just, I need that. I need that in-person energy. I I totally agree. I think it's, it it is tough to, podcast like this because you're like oh I might be like interrupting you or talking over you know when you're in Mm -hmm. person you can feel out 
you just feel a better rhythm. And then especially when you're talking to someone you don't know, there's all that weird mental shit of like, oh, do I seem rude? Cause I kept talking, but really Mm -hmm. it was just my internet delay or something, you know? Yeah. That would stress me out. It just adds this whole other layer that I'm still not through the other layer of like in-person dating. So now we're going to add this other impossible obstacle to it. It just, it makes my head hurt. And I was talking to my therapist about it yesterday and she was like, you know how you feel and it's okay that you feel that way. And it's okay that you don't want to do it. She was like, it's fine to take a break. You don't have to do it unless you feel ready to take that on. But just know you might be setting yourself up to get your feelings hurt. Cause I've had a couple of friends be stood up by, uh, people from the internet and my little baby heart couldn't take that. I could not take that being stood up when everybody's just trapped in their homes. Yes. Yes. That's that is earth. That is earth shattering. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know if I, I think it would set me into a spiral, like a deep, dark depression to be like, okay, I got dressed up. I have my measuring tape. I'm ready to talk to this idiot in person And then they don't show up because they'd rather sit at home and watch like another episode of whatever Netflix show they're watching. I would die. I would die. Oh, I'm sorry to anyone listening. If that's happened to you, everyone is trash. Yes. Everyone is trash. And you just have to wait to find your, your not trash. Your undirty trash. I don't know. Yeah. Find your clean (laughs) trash. Find yourself some clean, some, some recycling. Also, like a weird thing I've been like, I my parents are both dead. And during this pandemic, I've missed them so much more because it's one of those things where you're like, I feel sad and kind of scared and hopeless, but also hopeful. I want my mommy. So Mm. I've just been like looking at old pictures of them, specifically like their wedding pictures, because they look so happy. And I'm Mm. like, you know what? That gives me hope. Uh, Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean about wanting to reach out to someone who can like comfort you a little bit. Has it drawn mm-hmm. you closer to any other family members like your sister or anything? Yes. So me and my sister have been talking so much more and texting more. She's not a huge texter, but she's adapted to me being more of a texter. And I've adapted mm-hmm. to like trying to call her a little bit more. Um, so that's been like really, really good because we're, you know, in the same predicament right now. Single ladies with no parents. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I kept saying 2020 was my year. Truly, from like <laughs> May of last year, I was like, fuck 2019. Because <laughs> it wasn't a great year for me personally. <laughs> Professionally, great. But personally, no. Mm. And I kept saying it. And then like this year started out great. <laughs> and then it was like, uh-oh, you're locked down. You're inside. And then people keep tweeting at me. They're like, you kept saying 2020 is your year. Blah, blah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shut up. I'm like, now you want to oh. rub it in your rub it in my face that I was trying to be positive for the next year of my life. But right. I still maintain also, the the. Oh, wait, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. no. I was just going to say I maintain that 2020 is my year because bad things do grow good things sometimes. And I think that's what it is. And I was talking to Sashir and I was like, I think this year might be my year still. And I think it's going to be my year in October. She was like, why October? And I was like, 2020, divide 20 and a half. That's 10. That's October. She was like, how did you get to this? (laughs) 
<laughs> equation. Numerology. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, but I said it, so it's true. <laughs> what were you going to say? I like that. Okay, first of all, I was just going to say, like, fuck anyone whose urge during a global pandemic is to be like, <laughs> what about what you said before? How, huh? what now? It's like, really, you miserable troll? That's all you have to do right now is to be like, you were trying to be positive, but look, the world is bad. <laughs> like, fucking get out of here. Um, secondly, I was going to say what you eventually got to, which is what if, and this is a very, this can be a very annoying sentiment, so I'm sorry, but what if in a way this is like all this time at home, all this time with yourself, all this time doing things you love by yourself without like the pressures of work obligations or whatever bearing down on you, you're able to like really work on yourself and get to know yourself in a way that makes the rest of this year or that makes the next year even that much more enjoyable. Like what, what if it is your year because it's about you, like it's for you. Tawny, thank you. <laughs> I, I hope that's something, cause it's how I feel. I feel like th- this is a, a terrible tragedy. And the only silver lining that I have is that I have I'm fortunate enough to have space and time and not be stressed about work or about finances. And that's not, not everybody's in that circumstance. So Mm -hmm. all I can do is try to be empathetic to people who aren't here, but be grateful for where I am. And it's that balance has kept me feeling sane because to not be grateful would feel insane and to not Mm -hmm. have empathy or sympathy would feel insane. So I've been just trying to hold them both. And I think it's just allowed me to like, I don't know if I can chill my brain out a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I was stressed. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. I was very stressed. Um, just like I had like a lot of things. Go- like last year was truly a good year professionally, but like very stressful because I had deadlines mm-hmm. and I'm not great with a deadline. And then this happened. And I was like, oh, I can. I mean, again, to echo what you said, I am so fortunate and I'm so privileged to be in a place where I don't worry about money uh, or I'm like I have savings. So I'm OK yes. for now. And I'm very lucky that I don't have to work right now and I'm all right. So like it has been a time where I'm like, oh, I can like slow down and, you know, take in the world. But then also it has made me more empathetic. Like every time I go to the store, I try so hard to like say something nice to someone at the grocery store because mm-hmm. people are so fucking rude. People I don't, don't maintain their, their distance. And these people are getting sick because not because they're serving you. People are getting sick because they need to provide for their families. And people don't seem to understand that. Right. I just I really hope we leave this with a little bit more empathy and understanding people's situations beyond your own. Cause I feel like a lot of these people protesting for shit to open and like go to the beach and fly or whatever. They don't have empathy towards other people. Cause they haven't been personally impacted. And yeah. I'm, I've been spending a lot of time trying to like put, not like think like just, yeah. Kind of like think about how other people are living their lives and how I can like, you know, try to help other people you know, maybe have a better day or understand that like this is serious and it's bad. Yeah, no, I think everything that you said also like it is nice to um, 
have any dose of reality enter this bizarre, insane Hollywood uh, yes. <laughs> life yeah. that we all live. Like we all live some shade of an insane life. I don't mm-hmm. care, you know, how much money you have being in this business and living in this part of the world is wild. And yes, so it is a huge it is a bubble. <laughs> it is it is a weird bubble, but also like w- it, it's easily pierceable because we all have family members who live other ways mm-hmm. and other places and who are essential workers. So it's very easy to get outside of your bubble. It takes the smallest amount of effort to do that. And mm-hmm. some people just don't, some people <laughs> just ain't been making the effort as we've seen by, uh, by social media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try to not look at social media at night so I can go to sleep peacefully because everybody sure. be wilding. Although I saw this one tweet, uh, I think it was yesterday. It was like frostbite toes are a sign of Corona. And I was like, Oof. so Corona can make you frostbitten without being cold. Yo, this is nuts. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Okay. I did not read it, but I did also see that. I saw that headline. And I refused to read the article. Cause I was like, I'm not trying to have another panic attack that I then think <laughs> is Corona. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that the symptoms things is too wild. The, when this first started, I mean, I was trying to get back here from Canada and it was a little terrifying. Oh, shit. But what my husband did was he was like, because he knows that I'm like a I'm an information junkie and I'm like a knowledge hound. And I'm constantly trying to be like, if you know everything about something, then you're safe, mm-hmm. um, which is a very stressful uh, way to live. But he was like, you have to not look at your phone at all. Like if someone texts you, I will tell you. But he was like, you have to do it for a full weekend, like 72 hours. Do not look at your phone. And it was so hard because we all have an addiction to the, these things, but it really mm-hmm. did help. It brought down my anxiety. I could go to sleep by that third night. Um, so I need to do that again. Cause uh, I only did that for one weekend. And now, <laughs> now the blood pressure's back up. Good advice for everybody. Put your dang phone down. All right, Tawny, we've come to the end. Honestly, this was a real joy to talk to you and I could probably talk to you for another hundred hours, <laughs> but alas, Oh, it was a joy to talk to you, too. This, Thank it's, you. It was, it was great. Thank you. Uh, when this is all over, we should go to dinner. And I don't mean that in an L.A. way. I feel like we actually should. No, I would love that, too. You know what? We actually have a, a, a mutual friend that I think you've been trying to pursue a friendship with um, in Poonam Patel. She's one of my dear close yes, friends. And I so maybe Poonam. the three of us could do a thing. And then there's not pressure on you and I to become something that we're not. <laughs> That really, I I like you for understanding that. You know, you know, making friends as a grown up is hard and weird, but um, but I truly it enjoy is. your company, and like I said, I love the show. I listen all the time. So, oh, yeah. thank you. And we did have a good time. We hung out at the Emmys after party. Oh my god, what a Hollywood sentence! Oh yeah, <laughs> that is a Hollywood sentence. But that was real, and I um, I think I asked you so many hair questions then too so we stayed on brand for this um this episode yes we have uh tawny i ask all of my guests this but would you date me you know i've thought about this girl and you know i would and here's why yay in addition to all the normal reasons of you being funny and talented and cool um, I, what I see, what I see in you from listening to all of your content and watching you unnailed it, uh, and feeling like we're closer than we are is something that I cherish so much in myself, which is 
we love being with people, but we also really value our space and we love Mm -hmm. to travel and work. And I feel like I get really stressed out by friends that don't understand that and think it's a reflection on them when I'm not super present at any given time. And so I feel like you and I would totally get like, this is a way separate time. This is come together time. I feel like we'd be a great balance. I like that. I honestly agree. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, that's it. Oh, do you have something you want to promote uh, other than Space Force? When does Space Force come out? Oh, yes. Thank you. Space Force comes out May 29th. Um, if Ooh, you so don't close. know, Netflix will be shoving it in your face, baby. That's the nice <laughs> thing about the flicks is they're going to tell you about a new show. Um <laughs> So please check that out. There's lots of fun, funny people in it. Um, I get to wear braids <laughs> after our Ooh, hair conversation. Maybe you'll, nice. I know I was really, it was actually very cool of um, Greg Daniels and everyone to be, I was like, Hey, so I just want to wear braids because of this and this and this. And he like, he really like absorbed the reasons and like the politics behind it. And he was like, I think it's great. So props to that. Props to that sweet white man for letting me wear some braids. And ally also Truly. You podcasts people can listen to. All over the place. You can find me. You know, the best thing to do is just find my Instagram, find my Twitter. It is at Trondy Newman uh, for a dumb reason. And now everyone thinks that (laughs) that's my name. But you know what? We're going to leave it. We're going to leave it. Um, So, yeah, find me there and you'll 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 hear all the updates. I love it. Okay. well, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can leave a five star review or a one star. It doesn't matter. Um, and then also you can leave uh, a nasty come on for me there or in my DMs on Instagram. I do go through them to find the nasty come ons or you can email <laughs> me at baconcansave at gmail.com. Please don't sign me up for any more lists. I spend a lot of time unsubscribing. This person said, howdy, Nicole. I would start by dressing up as Donald Trump. Oh, I don't love that. And let you hate fuck this shit out of me while I do my best Trump impersonation. Talking about how huge your ass is and how you've the greatest pussy. Then I'll saddle up with my largest strap on and let uh, and let ride me like a dirty little cow. Let you ride me like a dirty little cowgirl. Smack you around till you scream loud enough to knock down the walls in your house. After that, I'll shove my tongue so deep in your ass. I'll make you squirt and scream. Yeehaw, partner. This will all happen on August 29th. So we can both enjoy birthday sex because that's my birthday, too. Thank you, ma'am. Have a wonderful day. Too many mixed metaphors. I was like, pick a theme, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have just rather the like the rodeo cowgirl. I don't need to hate funk Donald Trump. That man nah. told people to inject bleach into their veins. He's sick. Whee! Okay. Bye bye. Bye This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.